We are here live on site at Serious Decisions with Aaron Dunn, the SVP of marketing at Snap App. Hello, Aaron. How's it going? Hey, Josh. Things are good. Nice. Having fun down here in Nashville. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Serious Decisions, great event. Uh, but uh, let's start off here. I just want to hear a little bit more about your background and uh, Snap App. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been in uh, technology marketing for software companies for more years than I care to count at this point, <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. So I just joined Snap App a couple months ago. I had been with a uh, uh, another technology startup that uh, we had a successful exit, so um, it's time to find the next thing. And I'm really excited to be back into the marketing community. I really enjoy marketing to marketers. I find it a uh, I find it a very dynamic market and very interesting challenge. Um, Snap App as a company, we have a uh, interactive content platform. We help marketers create interactive content, things like quizzes. Uh, um, interactive video, surveys, assessments, things like that, to really help them both add more leads, get more people to engage with the company um, into the top of the funnel, but also perhaps even more importantly, pull those leads through the funnel in a smart way. So we're all about creating you know, dynamic experiences in a, in a two-way dialogue with your customers and prospects. Yeah, for sure. And I, content obviously is something that is very quickly changing in the MarTech space. I'm curious though, I mean, it sounds like you sort of have a background in content. How sure. would you sort of define maybe how the evolution of content because right like a snap app how, how new is snap app fairly new uh we've been in the market a couple years okay uh, i was gonna say i feel like 10 years ago though something like snap app could not at all have existed. absolutely like, not youtube didn't really exist yeah, like, quizzes right. oh, definitely gosh. weren't really yeah, a thing definitely, definitely but how yeah how is the like, sort of like the content martech space mm -hmm. sort of evolved i'm curious yeah, I, I think you know, from my perspective, there's been a lot of interesting things happening in the content and content marketing uh, world. So, you know, if you think about content marketing 1.0, hey, let me write some good content, let me tell my story in an innovative and dynamic way, uh, and get uh, you know my prospects and customers to sort of engage with that content. Um, <clears throat> and it's very passive. I'm going to tell a story. Uh, when they like my story, they're going to engage with me, and then ultimately somewhere down the road, they'll turn into leads, and that was a great thing. Um, I think content marketing 2.0 was about, uh, i got to publish a lot of content. i got to get a lot of eyeballs on my content. I've got to get more and more people to see what I'm doing, talking about, and i got to figure out how I'm going to monetize those eyeballs right yep. into, into leads, uh, particularly in the B2B space. Um, but that's created this massive content explosion, right? Where you know there's so much content out there right now, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is just crap. Um, and that's the way it is, right? Because people get you know people get excited about an opportunity. To me, I think the next journey, the next evolution, is really thinking about that content as more of an experience, and how do you um, make it more dynamic and make it more engaging and interesting for your personas that you market to. Um, there's lots of things you can do um, <clears throat> that can be very interesting uh, that may or may not be relevant for uh, for your audience. And you really need to be thinking about, you know, from a persona's perspective, what do they want to hear from you? Like, what is the, the nugget of insight about those customers, uh, those prospects, um, <clears throat> that is going to make them excited about you? And then really double down on that experience. Just publishing content, publishing more blog posts without a thought, you know, in terms of how it's going to move the needle um, is going to be very challenging for folks. And it's not making it any better. Um, yeah, it's making it very difficult to break through. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like so much of at least content marketing now is very, it's going more towards being experience based as opposed to, you know, just publishing, uh, as you said, you know, a million blogs, a million white papers. I can't remember where, what company this was, but there's a great example. I want to say it was someone like Salesforce. It was a large, it was a large enterprise B2B company. Mm -hmm. um, and they sort of tested this idea of instead of putting out a white paper, they sort of had this this quiz and multiple questions coming mm -hmm. through where it would be sort of counterintuitive uh, for someone to 
put in 10 to 15 minutes into this sort of like quiz thing, but out they got like a helpful result that really like helped them Mm -hmm. either, you know, figure out a part of their marketing strategy. It was sort of this new way of looking Mm -hmm. and framing how content is designed. It sounds sort of like what's in it's your kind of what we house. do. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the um, just interacting with a with a static white paper is, is challenging, right? So it's great you got the lead, right? They downloaded the white paper, but you know, downloading that white paper in and of itself doesn't make them a qualified lead. So um, thinking differently about how your prospects and customers are consuming your content, and thinking differently about how you create a, a two way dialogue with them, and that's where the quizzes and assessments and surveys and things like that can really help um, drive that discussion forward. As marketers, as sales teams. There's certain things we want to know to under to, to help determine whether or not you're a good prospect or not, um, uh, and finding ways to sort of bring that information out of the sales phone call up into the funnel in a very creative and engaging way that's relevant for your audience um, can really help um, accelerate leads you know, through the funnel. That we, uh, the, the, we we talk about at Snap App, you know, putting the queue back in uh, MQL, right? Um, because rather than sending across 100 leads and letting sales figure out which ones are the good ones, um, um, you can really advance your scoring algorithm. You can really advance uh, the the discovery process uh, in the marketing funnel, mm-hmm. so that the, the the leads you're sending across the sales, they know which ones are the super MQLs are the ones that they really should be calling right now. Quizzes are really a great way to do that because it's it it, it creates a discussion. Um, and you know we encourage our customers, and we're doing the same thing ourselves, is to sort of think about campaigns and interactivity, but at, at each stage of the, of the funnel. So at the top of the funnel, you might do something that's you know very engaging. Um, you know we ran a bracket challenge around um, uh, what's the most binge what binge worthy TV show, huh. right? We had thousands of people engage with that, but those yeah. those are not leads, yeah. right? You know we could have sent them on to sales and said <laughs> here you go, here's some leads, but the fact that they engaged with us on a binge worthy TV show bracket challenge um, has nothing to do with their buying intent. Right. But it was a way to get more people into the top of the funnel, thinking about experiencing who we were and what we can do, um, you know, and then following up with, hey, you had this great experience with the bracket. Wouldn't you like to you know, be able to do that uh, and more in, in your organization and get people sort of further down the funnel? So, um, um, <clears throat> you know, then having campaigns, having uh, interactive content sort of at each stage is really is really critical. How important is a campaign like that? That's sort of that's almost like outside the funnel. It's so high. Yeah. Um, is that critical? I mean, I feel like we've heard there's been some talk, I guess, about out there about how certain like things like white paper should die because they're like or silly, silly stuff sure. like that. I think like a strategy should be like very diversified, and you yep. should have pieces like that. Yep. Uh, how would you sort of clarify? the way that your content should all fit into one strategy. Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, it's got to be, whatever you're doing, it's got to be authentic, right? It ha- has to be relevant to uh, your audience and it has to be relevant for what you're trying to achieve, right? So we have one of our customers um, is in the construction industry. You know, they sell software to construction companies. Um, you know, uh, you know, you can make some gen- broad, you know, uh, generalizations about what you might expect, uh, you know, those, those customers to think. Um but they ran their, the nugget of insight that they worked with in terms of uh, understanding their customers is that these people who were building things were really excited about and really proud of what they built. Mm-hmm. So they actually ran a bracket challenge around using our software around um, you know your most favorite construction project, mm-hmm. and they had you know 200 or so submissions, um, and then they had people vote on which ones were the best projects. And they had something like a half a million votes, which wow. was blew away oh all of their yeah. potential metrics, right? Um, and it was a great engaging, but it was authentic to their brand, right? It was connected to their brand. You know, if they had done something on, um, 
uh, you know, who wore it best at uh, you know the BMAs last week, I don't think it would worked as well, yeah. right? So the first thing for, I think for me is and is is to be authentic to your brand and and, and connect it to the personas and the people you're you're uh, uh, you're selling to, um, and that starts with sort of empathizing uh, with. You know, how they think about the problems. Like, what is it that they are trying to solve? What are their needs? What are their, um, uh, how do they think about things? You know, what are their fears? And taking that and, and, and really looking for that nugget of insight. And then once you find that nugget of insight, you know, rolling content, rolling strategy uh, you know, against that um, so that you can, you can tell a story that aligns with that. In, in this customer's case, it was that they're very proud of their construction projects. Yeah, that's so cool. I love yeah. that. And I think that sort of, strategy of sort of coming up with a slightly outside of the box you know content piece yeah. that is interesting and engaging and as you said brand authentic is super yeah. important yeah. one some of our one of our uh, you know favorite i guess corporate partners ambition so right up the street in uh, chattanooga they do a i guess march madness every year they do like a bracket like yeah. a SaaS bracket yeah. and so i love that because it's so in line as a gamification platform that's right, that's right in their wheelhouse and yep. it you know is is very similar i think it's probably similar to uh, those campaigns we just discussed yeah um but it's not for everybody but yeah you know, if exactly. it works for your if it works for your audience there's plenty of things that you can do yeah. um it's just a, it's just sort of you have to remember though it's as you said you know top of the funnel or even pre-funnel um, don't think of those people necessarily as leads you gotta have a, you gotta have a secondary campaign that you're gonna run against those people to bring them down the funnel and really drive that quality yeah. i think um you know, too often marketers make the mistake of, you know, sales wants more leads. Actually, they don't. They want better leads. Yep. Um, and so, you know, going from, you know, whatever, 2,000 to 3,000 MQLs a month delivered to sales um, actually can have the opposite of the intended effect. And you really need to be thinking about how you're creating more quality um, and signaling to sales which are the highest quality leads for them to be following up with urgently and then running different nurture strategies against the rest. Because if you just scale leads without you know, scaling quality or at least improving quality, then you're going to be you have uh, have a big problem on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that we sort of had the, the putting the Q back in MQL. Yeah, it makes my, me titling the episode a lot easier. <laughs> ah, perfect. I love <laughs> yeah. it. That's great. Um, Aaron, what would you say? I mean, do you have a favorite content strategy that or a, a play that you guys run at Snap App mm -hmm. or something that you think you know would translate well for most B two B companies out there? Yeah, you know, we um, and, and I can't take credit for this. I've just uh, I really love what the the folks at the Content Marketing Institute are doing around uh, around content strategy. I think Joe Paluzzi and Robert Rose are super smart in this area, and I've been following them for a long time. Um, and you know, so one of the things that I've managed to adopt uh, from you know, from their strategies is you know, just really thinking about your uh, about your about your content as a magazine as a brand um, and so we think about our blog it's like you know what's our regular features that we're running on the blog um, and creating engagement and sort of re, a, a, a repeat reason for someone to, someone to want to subscribe to your blog and we can't all be HubSpot with you know the amazing content <laughs> millions of views right I mean that's fantastic and they worked really hard to get there um, you know it's a great model if everybody could do it everybody would um, but instead, I think a more, more practical application is to really think about again what do your what do your buyers want to hear from you, and then having sort of regular features, uh, featurettes on your blog that you know that people can you know subscribe to sort of every week. So, um, pretty much, you know, one, two, three, last four companies I've had, uh, we've created a. Um, you know, five for Friday, like just five mm -hmm. articles that we thought were really interesting this week that yep. are relevant to the market. Um, my last company, um, you know, we knew a lot of our um, uh, customers were struggling with how to market themselves. Um, so we created like, you know, an ask, uh, like an Ask Annie, you know, Monday huh. column, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that was uh, crowdsourced like, questions that they had. And uh, so, we, you know, we'd answer the questions for them. Um, here at SnapApp, we just launched um, what we call the Tuning Fork series, um, which is thought leadership, um, articles, interviews um, on, uh, 
uh, on resonance. Like, how do you create resonance? How do you create um, content that resonates and, and, and whatnot? So, but, you know, that runs, you know, I think it's every other week. Um, we have, uh, we launched a kicked off thing on Fridays as well. And, and, and there's other things in the works that are meant to be regular features. So there's a reason for somebody to subscribe to your blog. There's a reason for somebody to come back to it. Um, otherwise, they subscribe or they don't, but they never really engage. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, let's let's talk a little bit about metrics here. Mm-hmm. What would you say, I mean, in sort of trying to measure your content, what's sort of the, the biggest challenge out there that exists right now, something that you guys are sort of trying to, uh, to overcome? Yeah, I think that for marketers and content marketers the world over, um, how you connect your content into uh, the funnel is the key. Uh, in its most purest, most basic form, you shouldn't worry about that. Hey, just write great content. People will engage with it and, um, and, uh, and, the, and the leads will come. Unfortunately, the practical <laughs> reality for most of us is we, you know, our, our, our CFO will never buy off on that, yep. right? Uh, they're like, wait, how much are you investing in your content platform and what's the return on that? Uh, and I've had many of those conversations over the years. So you, you have to really think about you know, what is it that you can do to connect um, your content into the lead flow, uh, lead funnel. Uh, again, downloading a white paper is not buying intent, uh, but you can run different campaigns against that. You can do different things with your blog in terms of calls to action. Um, you can think about, uh, you know, what is the follow-up play? Hey, you downloaded this white paper. Um, now you're in a fork. If you download this next thing from us or engage with us in the Snap app, um, you know, you're 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 now signaling that you're sort of in the you're in the market now as opposed to in the market later. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we work with our customers on, and we're doing ourselves, and certainly trying, uh, the, a lot of marketers are trying to do this, is, is, you know, how do we basically optimize that content platform mm-hmm. and actually start to make it, um, you know, show a return um, uh, in qualified leads. Do you think you have to do that with every sort of piece of content? Do you think that at one point in the future we'll be able to be like, hey, you know, we made this new video or this new idea and we we're able to see exactly where in the funnel it is, mm-hmm. or do you think that there's always going to be sort of this like guessing game for marketers to like try and have that conversation yeah. with their CFO about why they should have it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, in my personal experience, I think uh, you just have to be very concrete, and um, we encourage and we do. You know, as I said earlier, we declare a funnel stage. Um, for whatever it is that we're doing, right? So, hey, this content is not meant to generate leads. This content is meant to generate engagement. Uh, but let's measure it against engagement. Hey, we got all these clicks and we got all these views and we got all this, you know, the, the, these um, 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 people to interact with us. Um, <clears throat> so now we have a cohort of people. Let's say it's 2,000 people. Okay, then we ran this campaign against them. And of those 2,000, you know, 50 turned into leads, right? They, those leads turned into something else, but it started with that sort of top of the funnel engagement. Um, too often, um, we as marketers um, misalign the metrics and the results against what the content or whatever campaign is meant to do. If it's meant to be top of the funnel, you shouldn't be measuring leads. Yeah. You should be measuring engagement and clicks and things like that. In a dynamic environment where you know the CFO or CEO sort of you know or your boss or whoever your boss is is wondering where the investment's going, you got to be able to show the rest of the play. Um, <clears throat> If you want to, you know, get that investment and uh, and and be able to continue to invest in the platform. Well, something else that is really, you know, popular in I guess marketing spaces today is sort of the idea of the Martech stack. Oh yeah. Uh, is there a tool out there that you have sort of been eyeing or like wish exists, like that doesn't <laughs> exist? What what sort of your like I guess like short term outlook for yeah. Snap Apps yeah. Martech? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you the Martech explosion. In my personal view is it's actually hurting us. Huh. Um, you know, I was at the Martech conference a couple weeks ago, and you know, they talked about. You know, now there's 3,800 MarTech companies, and it's too overwhelming, actually. You know, so what happens is people are sort of buying technology for the sake of buying technology. They haven't really thought through the process around it. Um, 
um, you know, I think there's a couple of areas that are super hot right now around account-based marketing, um, you know, thinking about dynamic content and thinking about, you know, you know segmentation and personalization, I think are, um, are really key areas that people should be focused in on. Um, you know, I think anything that helps you and gives you insight in terms of where people are going and where they, you want to interact with them is super helpful. Um, but there's also a level of maturity in your organization, right? Are you, can you really take advantage of that today? Uh, there's a lot of great technologies, but when you start to un unpack how long it's going to take you to deploy them, the process you're going to need to actually get people to engage with that, you really have to think, does this align with the strategic business initiative? Um, and, uh, and make sure that it does, otherwise it's a question why you're doing it. Um, Otherwise, you wind up with all really bloated tech stack. Uh, so we try to keep it pretty lean. Um, so you know, I, I just joined the company a couple months ago. We've got some. We got a couple of core pieces in place right now, mm -hmm. and we'll be adding a few. Um, uh, we'll be adding a, 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 um, a customer advocacy platform and Influitive here pretty quick. Uh, we currently use Uberflip uh, uh, pretty successfully, um, and there's other things that are coming. As far as the tool that I would love personally, uh, um, future investors, listen. future investors. Yeah, you know, actually, uh, uh, product market product manager I used to work with. We came up with this idea and, and, and thought it'd be super fun, and, and but it's more of a it's more of a tool. It's not really a, it's not really a product. But you know, when I'm um, um, it's sort of if you, if you use Pocket, it's sort of Pocket on steroids. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, how can I take when I'm seeing an article or something like that? How can I sort of tag that to my editorial calendar uh, and then have a sort of a follow up stream? Like what happens today is I send out an email and say, hey, we should do something with this article. We should write a blog post about it, and mm -hmm. then sort of sits and who knows what happens. Yeah. Right? But huh. if I could uh, if I could actually sort of tag that uh, directly into an action item in my editorial calendar or tool or something like that, then uh, that'd be really cool. So, so cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I think I think your point about, you know, the MarTech space being, you know, too conflated right now mm -hmm. is, is certainly ringing true. I mean, I think that's sort of the point, uh, maybe the point of Scott yeah. Brinker's, like, infographic is, like, it's so absurd. It's, like, I mean, I yeah. think that's why he, like, forces himself to put. But I think hopefully there will be some smart mergers and acquisitions. And I think over the next couple of years, mm -hmm. we will see that number slowly decline. I God, I can't mm -hmm. imagine if uh, I don't know about that. I really I, hope so. Yeah. I really hope so because I can't imagine, you know, six or 8,000 companies out there as a marketer, you only have so many core functions, like 10 maybe core functions. Yeah. I don't know why that. Yeah. Yeah. From my perspective, there's the core functions are marketing automation, uh, CRM, Salesforce administration and, uh, and, and content management platforms. Those are your three cores, yeah. right? And then you can layer on top of that some, uh, you know, the analytics that go around those kinds of things, um, you know. And then you can start thinking about, you know, the next order of business, which is, you know, depending on your business, might be account-based ma marketing tools. Um, although you might be able to do that in your marketing automation platform, um, you know, really the analytics uh, and interactivity. Um, we start. There's lots of great stuff out there, yeah. but you really got to ask yourself: Is it helping me move my needle? Yeah. Otherwise, you're just deploying stuff for the sake of deploying it. Come on, Salesforce and Oracle, you need to start buying more companies. Everybody, yeah, just buy everybody. That'd be great. And then <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's a different conversation entirely. Is yeah, yeah. This huge monopoly of all these tools built into one thing. Yeah, one big cloud. Yeah. It would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, obviously, Aaron, we're here at Serious Decisions. Want to real quick touch on it uh, before yeah. we finish up. Um, what would you say the theme of the conference so far has been? What, what are your big takeaways you're going to yeah. take back to uh, yeah. Boston and Snap App? Yeah. Um, so th I'm really excited to be here. I, this is a conference I've always wanted to come to you personally and just could never quite, quite make it work. Um, so I'm excited to be here. And I think the level of content, the level of engagement, the level of discussion that I've had with folks as a marketer, uh, and I'm here more as an attendee than as, a, as an exhibitor, um, has, been, has been fantastic. I think uh, people are... 
you know, getting really smart about, um, you know, about the future of kind of how they want to, you know, how they want to grow uh, their marketing organization and, 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 and really solve sort of big, hairy challenges. Um, you know, sales and marketing alignment always, you know, is a key issue. Um, but also really solving, I've talked to a lot of people, um, you know, really trying to figure out how they solve this, you know, volume quality problem. Um, you know, how do I, um, how do I drive more quality, uh, leads to the funnel, um, faster. Um, you talked to somebody yesterday who was talking about, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, I got to double my, uh, I got to double my lead volume, uh, you know, with half the money. You know, it's like, okay, you can do that, but you got to make sure you're focused on the quality as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, I think the, I think the idea of intelligent growth is, is, is an interesting one, right? So you've got to, um, you got to make sure you're thinking about smart growth, but you know, for me, um, you know, I'm challenged a little bit by the, the notion of sort of incremental change. Um, I think that incremental change is a little too safe. And intelligent growth, honestly, to me, feels a little too safe. Um, you know, I think as a business, um, you know, you're trying to drive growth at whatever scale you are. If you're a billion-dollar company, you're trying to get to, you know, to two billion. If you're 100 million, you're trying to get to a billion. If you're 10 million, you're trying to get to 50 million, right? And all those things, to me, um, require that you change the scope and scale of how you think about the problem. Right. If we think about incremental growth, if we think about 20% improvement, 25% improvement, we think extremely narrowly about how to solve the problem. Right? If I've got you know a thousand blog subscribers on my on my um, uh, to, you know, to my blog today, um, <clears throat> you know it'd be very logical for someone to build a plan to get us to 2,000. Like, hey, look at look at us, we doubled. But 2,000 is interesting, you know. But 10,000 is substantially more interesting. Right, fifty thousand, hundred thousand. How do we get to a hundred thousand blog subscribers? Because yeah. now, when you're a hundred thousand blog subscribers, you can do some really cool stuff, right? You can do some uh, nurture marketing. You can do some, you know, really cool engagement. Um, uh, that's just, you know, that's at an order of magnitude above what you can do, um, you know, with just a thousand or two thousand. So when you're thinking about just trying to get that incremental change, incremental growth, you narrow the problem to, um, you make it too focused. Um, when you think about a 10x change, you um, you stop thinking about sort of just narrow improvements. You still need to do those too, but you start to think about crazy ass ideas. I like to call them that will just push the needle, you know, in, a, in an entirely different way. You can't build a plan for that. I mean, I never, I would never challenge my head of content. Okay, I want a plan that's going to show us how we're going to get to 100,000 subscribers. Let's see it. Yeah, um, but you got to be thinking that way. Because it challenges your perceptions about what you think you can do, and we've my teams have come up with some crazy things, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. Um, but it's it's it stems from pushing the envelope and thinking about how they can get that 10x change. I love it. I love it. Such a great point. Uh, well, how can our listeners, Aaron, find out more about you and about SnapApp? Uh, well, they can follow me on Twitter at aj dunn with one n, aj d u n, um, and SnapApp, of course, www.snapapp.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining you me. You bet. Thank it. you. It was a lot of fun. And to find out more about B2B Nation's marketing edition, including our other Serious Decisions episodes, check us out on SoundCloud, where we have an awesome playlist set up for the 2016 Serious Decisions Summit, as well as iTunes, where you can check out our other interviews featuring some of the brightest minds in sales and marketing today. Also, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Follow us at B2B Nation underscore smart. Thanks for listening.